Welcome to the Flayo Podcast. This is Troy and Byers to a, another corner booth at Rex's. We are doing the must, much anticipated, um, if I don't say so myself, from uh, one Matt Mitchell. Uh, he's the only person that's anticipating this. Is uh, Dune? We're gonna we're gonna talk about Dune, uh, the sci-fi epic that uh, a lot of people really love. Um, there's a lot. Like as soon as this kind of came back out again, all I know is the. How much did you know about Dune before like the resurgence of this movie? I was pretty sure there was another movie. Like that was that was it. That was yeah. it. I'm pretty sure I asked yeah. like, hey, this is a remake, right? Like they made one of these yeah. for kids or something. Yeah. And you're like staring at me with the death look of yes. No, 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 no. I, I was not a big like <laughs> 1984 Dune fan. I tried to watch it um, on HBO Max and Lori made fun of me in like the first five minutes. And I was like all right, this isn't cool enough that I'm going to stick through it. And so I just turned it off. Uh, I think maybe now I'll go back and try to watch that one uh, after watching this. Dune uh, is a, obviously a brand new movie that just came out, uh, but it's also based on a much beloved book uh, written by Frank Herbert in the 1970s, I believe. I looked up all the stuff for the movie, didn't look up anything for the book. I know Frank Herbert uh, wrote it, but I'm almost positive uh, it was in the 1970s. Journalist turned writer, uh, Frank Herbert. So you can uh, imagine that he's like, I'm just going to put all this real life stuff that I do as as a journalist and just change the names of everything and it'll be cool. Right, <laughs> 1965. By the Ooh, way, 65 for the even, book release. Even, uh, let's just kind of jump right into it. We're going to do some uh, non-spoiler talk because um, I imagine that uh, there might be some people that uh, maybe after we talk about it, and uh, I particularly like this Troy movie. Talk, maybe like, after Troy talks no, about it, no, that you might want to go see it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and but and then we'll and then we'll jump into our normal um, likes versus dislikes that we do for these corner booth at Rex's, um, so that we don't uh, mess it up for people. We'll give a, a podcast score, our Phileo podcast score, and um, go through a couple of different uh, of these categories. Not our normal uh, late nights at Blockbuster categories, but just acting, directing, what we thought about the story, some of the themes and, and the execution, um, of, of all of those things. So let's, uh, I feel like I'm just going to spout off a bunch of names, like one right after the <laughs> other, uh, with regard to the acting, what, oh, man. what, what, what overall, um, struck you about the acting, uh, props to the casting director. Cause this is, this right? is quite the ensemble. Like, how often do you get Poe Dameron, Thanos, Drax, Aquaman, and Spider-Man's girlfriend to hang out? I mean, that's <laughs> right there. My kids were like, okay, we'll watch that. Like, I, I, Zendaya's in this. My daughter's in, you know, yeah. and, and enough superhero people. And Jeremiah's eyes got really big at the side of Oscar Isaac. He's like, oh, is that? I'm like, Poe Dameron. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, so, I mean, not, not like super, you know, it's not A-list actors necessarily i mean these are maybe they're pretty maybe, close i mean they're pretty close but i mean yeah. dave batista is not a list actor i just very true yeah um you know i mean but I mean, we're not talking like this is like tom hanks tom cruise matt damon yeah. i don't yep. even know the right names to put in this guy you know but i mean um, very very well-known people yeah in a whole lot of roles like reading through you go read through the cast list and it's just like oh i know that name and that name. usually i know like three names and then the rest of these people are 
who is that just kind of fell in yeah yeah but this one no it's like tons and everybody was pretty good i mean like i don't think there's a whole lot of there weren't points i will have plenty when we get to spoilers <laughs> to talk about in a negative way in but a in negative non spoiler way, okay. way yeah. as far as the acting goes i don't have anything though like i think people were put into really good roles Mm-hmm. fit them well they did a good job with you know oscar isaac is this like stoic responsible guy and it works yeah um stellan skarsgård is super skeezy um like if you've seen uh king arthur the, the clive owen king arthur and he plays like mm-hmm. were they vikings or i don't know what they are that they're fighting against and he's like the, he's the bad guy he's like right. the big bad and he's somewhat of a big bad here as well and he plays it well he's good at that like but not the I'm going to come fight you, big bad. The I'm going right. to sit back in a room and tell people what to do, big bad. And mm-hmm. he's got that voice. Yeah. That just, you can't even recognize him in this movie, but you can recognize his voice. Um, you know, Jason Momoa just gets to be this like cool guy. That's I love that you're not using any character names. That's because uh, I don't know any character names. How, how many character names do you know? Let's, None. okay. Literally, I cannot tell you a single character name right now. That's not off true. Off the top of my head. I think okay. it is. Okay, so we so in fairness, we need to we need to give a little bit of background to this. Um, we I called buyers like literally uh, November seventeenth and said, "Hey, I just turned on HBO Max again. You need to watch Dune so that we can determine if we're going to do a podcast on it." Because um, uh, one of my buddies really wants to wants us to do a podcast on it, so let's watch it. Let's determine if that's what we're going to do. I turn it back on, thinking that it's got the whole month of November left, and it was actually three days. <laughs> and so I was like, "Watch it within three days." And so he watched it, and it's all, we're we're now taping this on the twelfth of December. We're gonna we're going to uh, put it on uh, probably the first week in January. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm giving buyers a, a, a ton of mess right now, but it's probably almost been a month since you watched it, right? Yes. Yeah. I watched it once in my living room with my children, which is really <laughs> to say with my son. Yeah. And he was not enthralled to say the least, which meant that he was loud. Um, did he, he at least shushed. stay the whole time? Um, uh... I think he got the switch out. You know, that's this is the greatest uh, okay. thing that Nintendo ever did is invent right. a Nintendo that they can play without using the TV when I have right. the TV. Everybody wins. Yep. Yeah, everybody wins. He gets to go play over in the other chair. We're still in the same room, <laughs> so we can still talk. We can still hang out a little. But yeah, so I think he made it through, but only because the Nintendo was there. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go through a quiz of the the main characters and and see how close you get i'm not gonna tr- okay. i'm gonna try not to look at imdb as well but i'll i'll fully admit that i just went and saw it december 5th so only one week ago tonight i went and saw it uh with one of my buddies we went and watched it in imax because i was like i need to i need to get the full theater experience on this Sounds after awesome, having watched it. It, it it is awesome like imax is a little bit too loud for my i'm now 40 so i get to say cranky things like turn down turn down the volume in this imax theater it's hurting my ears but uh it was a little too crazy but in certain spots it was pretty awesome so you feel the 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 hans zimmer score just coursing through your veins instead of like blood yeah so it's it was pretty good hans zimmer and popcorn that's all that it's oh yeah yep (laughs) All right. 
Timothy Chalamet. He's literally the lead in this. What's his name? I couldn't. I, I literally couldn't remember. I just looked it up. Like I looked up the cast. Oh, you, you, oh. So his name's Paul, right? Pa- yeah, Paul Atreides. That's the only one I remember. So they're House Atreides. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, so Oscar that's, Isaac is his dad. There you go. Dad and... Atreides. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Duke. Duke Leto Atreides, I think. Yes, that sounds okay. right. Once you say them, they sound familiar. They, they sound familiar. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson. That's, That's his, his mom. mom. Yeah. That's his so, mom, but not Okay, what's, her, what's we'll her name? We'll talk about that later. Um, I no idea. Mom. Lady Lady Jessica? Is that her name? Okay. Yeah, that Jess, sounds right. Jess, sounds Lady right. Jessica Atreides? Okay. I spent a lot of that. time in this movie confused, just to warn people. I started so. taking notes right away because they went like, boom, 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 like right off of the... We'll get into that a little bit more. We'll that's non-spoilery. That. But I just started taking notes because I was just like, oh, my gosh, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Don't watch this with a nine-year-old in the room. There's my advice. (laughs) Jason Momoa. It's my favorite of any of these characters' names. And if you don't remember it, I'm going to be really upset. You're going to be upset because I got nothing. (laughs) His name is Duncan Idaho. I love it. It sounds so like ridiculous. a like, 80s video game basketball character. <laughs> right. But Except- but but also something that some guy in the 1960s thought was gonna be like really cool, like 50 <laughs> years later. <laughs> 60 years later. Duncan yeah. Idaho. I'm renaming right. my kid. That's right. Um, all right. Who's uh, Josh Brolin? Thanos. Nah, that's true. It's like Gurney, Gurney something. Sure. I can't remember. I can't remember what his uh, last name is. All right, what's Stellan Skarsgård's name? Oh, no clue. It's like Blob. <laughs> Blob. It's like Baron Zemo. Oh, wrong show. Baron Zemo, Sorry. right? Okay, he's the Baron, but I can't remember what his last name is. I can't remember Zendaya's actual name, so um, so I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call myself out on that one. I'll have uh, some thoughts on Zendaya later that i think yeah. i have i have a very specific complaint okay but i um, think it's spoilery so i'll save okay uh javier bardem i can't remember his name either i don't even remember who he played like he's the um the leader of the the fremen oh, like at the end yeah yeah, gotcha. yeah yeah yep and he comes in i um, couldn't even remember name fremen i was just gonna be like the desert people um <laughs> all right uh, sorry, Matt. Here, um, I love this movie. Like, I'm just gonna throw it out there right right now. Like, um, we're gonna do our top five um, here in the uh, at the end of the year. Um, we're gonna record it on the 31st, but I'm gonna give a spoiler already that this is going to be in my top five. Buyers, what about you? Uh, not in the top five. I okay. I don't love. I didn't love it, but I didn't yeah. hate it. Like. Okay. I'm bummed that it went off of HBO Max so fast because I would have watched it again. Again. Try and yeah. gain some more. Mm-hmm. I felt like the second time through, I was ready for it. Yeah, um, that would probably and, help. Yeah, and it, it helped me a lot, put a lot of pieces together. So, okay. We'll run through two more. Dave Batista. Uh, Don't say no tracks. idea. Don't say tracks. <laughs> <laughs> That's... I can't remember his name either, so I'm failing at this test as, as well. It's like something like really bad. Like he's well, like, it rage. doesn't help that they're like some super weird names. Yeah. Except for Paul. It's like yeah. when you list people in the Bible and then all of a sudden there's a normal name. It's like, 
<laughs> or we've Zakapaba, or or what we've created as a normal name. Yeah, yeah. So, like Adam's um, descendants are all crazy, and then there's a Jared in there, and you're like, what? Yeah. What? Where did that? <laughs> the last one that actually has some screen time is Sharon Duncan Brewster. Um, she plays the the lady that's supposed to help bridge the gap between the two, between the Harkonnens and the Atreides. And I can't remember her name either. I suck at this game. We're, we're really good. We're so right. good. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. All right. I was right on Paul Atreides. Oh, Lady Jessica Atreides, Duke Lido Atreides, Duncan Idaho, Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. That should have been easy. Yeah. I'm, I'm bad at that. Hey, Gurney on Josh Brolin. Stilgar is uh, Javier Bardem's name. And um, Dr. Keynes is the uh, Sharon Duncan Brewster. I thought that all of these, like you said, all of these people were really good, um, especially like at the spots that they were that they were in, or or in some cases the the amount of screen time that they were given. I needed a couple of a, a little bit more of certain people. We'll get to that in the in their spoiler uh, areas, but um, like you said, it's one of the deepest casts you'll see. That's the right word. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I mean, it just goes and at first I was like, Oh, maybe they're just going to have a couple of these people and they're only around for a little bit. Most of them are there for the, the long haul. Um, but maybe one, maybe two, uh, where I was just like, Oh, I could have used a little bit more of them. Um, so, so Timothy Chalamet, um, plays Paul Atreides and it's the majority of the movie is around him. I mean, he is, um, uh, the hero of the story or seemingly the hero of the story. It's all, it's all about him. He, he does a really good job carrying it. I've not ever been really big fan of his. I've seen him in a couple of different movies. I've seen him in uh, Ladybird. And I was just kind of disappointed with that movie overall. Everybody was raving about it the year it came out. It got some Oscar buzz, probably even won a few of them. So I tried to watch a couple of those movies just to kind of, especially if they're not too depressing. I was like, oh, a movie about high school. This couldn't be too bad. But I was like, oh, okay. This wasn't that good. Um, Are you ready for something awesome about Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. In 2023, he's going to play young Willy Wonka. In a yes. Wonka movie, I can see that. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, he he was in this movie that Laurie and I watched. It got really good reviews, but didn't like get a whole lot of traction. Um, called Beautiful Boy. Um, it's a and he played a drug addict, and Steve Carell is his dad, like basically trying to like save him um, from spiraling out of control. It is a heartbreaking movie, but it has like really good performances. So um, it, uh, I'm going to try to scare my boy straight, like whenever they're old enough to watch it, um, that uh, it would just be the worst thing in the world if they were ever to get addicted to drugs. And uh, this will be the movie that, that helps me do that. Um, so I wouldn't advise watching it unless you're really, you're ready to be very, very depressed, you know, but he was really good in that, but that's about the only other movie that I've seen him in. Um, I just, I'm not a big Little Women fan. Uh, Lori watched that and was just like, eh, he was okay in it. So that's that was Lori's two-second Timothy Chalamet in that movie. So Rebecca Ferguson's awesome, though. Um, I really loved yeah. her in the Mission Impossible movies. She's She's been a, a really... There's a couple of other movies that, that I've liked that she's been in. Oh, she was in The Greatest Showman. 
she plays uh the lady that uh he kisses that he Whatever. kisses uh, yeah never enough yep <laughs> yep there you go thanks <laughs> and with it we're moving on so <laughs> we're not going to reveal to the world that we know all the words all the words yeah because that show, right? got played all the time Even oh jeremiah the kid, likes that movie yeah the kid who would be king a little bit of an under uh kid uh speaking of king arthur uh, story she plays morgana like the evil witch in that like super like lower budget uh but she does a really good job she's like uh, a really good actress in a, a movie full of like kids or like people that aren't great actors it's kind of one of those she's she's way too good to be in that movie that's the other one that i was thinking of Momoa is obviously a huge star. He's great in this. And he he plays a little subtle, like a little bit more than what he normally does. You know, he's kind of the dude bro. Um, but he still has, like, you can tell he has a really good relationship with Paul. Oscar Isaac, I, I thought you put it perfectly. He's stoic. He's just like the... The responsible, dutiful the, guy. Yeah, and... Yep. Very fatherly, uh, dotes on his son, like teaches him like when things are so are he's upset with him but in a in a manner that's like befitting of being like royalty and things like that i feel like uh skarsgård does really really well with the limited time that he's in there um as well but and then the rest of the people just kind of fill out the cast wouldn't you say yeah yeah okay um, i think you hit the highlights yeah, Sharon Duncan Brewster gets a lot more time as as uh, Dr. Keys, um, especially towards the second half of the movie or uh, right about the middle. And she's kind of a relative unknown. I was looking through all of her like TV and movie credits and she's kind of here and there and everywhere. But she plays a senator in Rogue One. So I'm, I'm interested to go back and watch Rogue One and see if I can pick her out. in one of the I'm sure she's in like one of those like just everybody's in the middle of that like planning scene and kind of throwing out their, their thoughts and, and stuff. I'm sure I'll be like, Oh yeah. Hey, you were in Dune. Um, she's, she's really good. Um, cause her part is, is pretty essential, like right there in the middle. So. So it's not um, like Knights of Blockbuster, but we just gave you a recognize my face anyway. That's just right. A, exactly. That's just a bonus. That's, yeah. I just thought I was like, Oh, Rogue One, we can tie Star Wars into here. If it was a Marvel movie, I would have thrown it in there as well. So. My score for this movie just went up because you made a Star Wars. Just came <laughs> Poe Dameron's a lead in this movie. We already had our Star Wars. Coming. That's right. That's right. All right. Um, directing. Um, what did you What did you think about it? Oh, here's where some more of my things come in because I I thought the the cast did a great job. It felt like everybody was very good in the roles. Acting was good, but I think it's directing where I probably have most of my problems, or a lot of them. Like. It was just not my favorite when it came to world building. Mm. Um, It felt like I think there's a really interesting story to tell here. And there's another part coming that should fill in some blanks. But it felt like I was just thrust into the middle of a story that I didn't know the beginning of. And I needed to, you know, like I'm a Star Wars fan. So me complaining about being thrust in the middle of a movie seems hypocritical because we start with episode four in Star Wars. But like in Star Wars, you don't need to understand everything that you later get in episodes one through three. Like you don't need to understand the whole geopolitical system and everything that's in place and how it got there to understand that Darth Vader's the bad guy and Luke Skywalker's the good guy. But in this movie, you needed to understand more of those things 
and it just didn't quite build the way I would have liked it to and needed it to to understand where I was and I don't know if that falls into story completely because I haven't read the book it's or like, anything. Yeah, I, I think that there's, I was kind of, that's what I was going to counter with just a little bit was that it, it is kind of a shared responsibility between directing and story, but no. That, and, yeah. and I haven't read the book. I saw it at Barnes and Noble the other day and it was like bigger than any Bible I own. So I walked right <laughs> past it. Um, that thing was huge looking. Um, I was just impressed that you were in a Barnes and Noble. Well, you know, I had to come to Albuquerque. Um, oh, so. there you go. And so you had to waste some time. So yeah, what better way. Yeah, because you had to work for exactly two hours. And that was the two hours I was hanging out in town. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, it's, I think there's, I don't know, some of the choices were interesting because it's, it's tough. And I wouldn't want to be the director on some huge thing like this because somehow at the same time, and this is going to be me talking out both sides of my mouth, there was too much exposition and not mm. enough somehow mm -hmm. at the same time. Like there's, there's just a lot of talking at the beginning, just that exposition that needs to happen, especially when, because this is a huge world that you're yeah. building. Like mm -hmm. it's massive. And honestly, I would almost rather they had like, not a, I mean, sort of a prequel thing, I guess. Like I could have used an entire movie to set up this one, I think might've mm. helped. Um, and so just some of the choices that like, all right, we're just talking about this one and you're not showing me. And then you're showing me stuff that I don't understand. And so I don't know. I think you're right. Like some of it might just fall to story that it's not talked about, but I think there is a lot more story and a lot more detail that could be there. And then just, they had to pick something because there's a lot. Yeah. It's a huge, dense story. It's a complicated story. And so figuring out some of those things is, is I'm sure is very tough for a director, but so I don't know. I don't know what choices I would have had to make differently, but I feel like there could have been some that might've hooked me in better. No. And that that's one of the things that the first time I watched it, I felt very similar, uh, especially the first half of the movie, as opposed to the second half. Yes. I feel like the first half is very, is very much a setup. Um, it's, it's a little bit more of that prequel that you were talking about. It's almost like a prequel to the movie that you're actually watching. Um, and then like the, right about the hour mark is when it just like takes off and just, it, it, it took me from the hour mark to the rest of the movie. And I was like, I'm in, I'm in, but that first hour, it was a little touch and go. Uh, but the second time I watched it, I felt like it was a lot easier to get into and to under, to start to kind of understand some of those things. And I'm glad that you brought up Star Wars because I was trying to think as I watched it the second time and, and came back home and was kind of doing like the, the, is this because I know what I know about Star Wars, about I've watched Lord of the Rings a million times. I've watched Harry Potter a million times. And is it, I'm trying to harken back to when I watched those the first time. And did I have the same thought process and went, oh man, that was a lot of stuff to remember. Like the first time I watched Lord of the Rings, I was, I kind of walked out of that and I was like, that was cool. But what just went on and who were all the people, you know? So uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested to, to jump into that. Like I'll, I'll definitely buy the book. I, I like the movie enough that I, I'm going to buy the book and try to read it uh, next year um, and, and decide like, once you once you look through the text and go, oh, 
they parsed out enough of the stuff or, oh, that would have been cool if they did this, 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 and this. Because I'm sure in 1984, Lynch was like, I don't have enough like tech or anything. And now Villeneuve is like, I, I have everything at my fingertips. I can use whatever I want, yeah. you know? So so speaking of uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve, like he is like, I'm, I'm getting to be like, I'm a big uh, Christopher Nolan fanboy and so like basically anything like he comes out with i'm just gonna watch from now on like a lot of people think of the like scorsese in that way they're just kind of like oh like anything he comes up with i'm just gonna go out there and watch it um i'm i'm about i'm to that point with with villeneuve right now and that's why whenever he was attached to dune i was like oh maybe i'll watch this old movie and that's when i found out i was like okay i'm gonna watch what he comes up with and is much better than whatever this is i mean he he did arrival with uh, amy adams and jeremy renner if you haven't watched that movie it's uh it's really good like it's really weird but it's really good. Um, I think that you would like that one. Um, he watched it or he uh, directed a movie called Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. There's a little Marvel there, uh, some Wolverine and uh, Mysterio. But um, he, it's a movie about a, a missing uh, Hugh Jackman's the father and his daughter's gone missing. And Jake Gyllenhaal is the cop that's trying to track her down. Uh, another very heavy movie. It's uh, a really good uh, recommended movie. Um, it's definitely got some language in it. Uh, it's definitely a rated R movie. And then Sicario and Blade Runner 2049. I know you haven't watched Blade Runner, so you don't want to watch Blade Runner 2049 yet, but maybe watch those uh, together. Um, so those are a, a lot of the of good movies. I, I wanted Blade Runner 2049 to be a little bit better. I was a little bit let down by that one. Um, but this one um, definitely continued my uh, my appreciation of he just tells these really good stories. He does have like a little bit of a slow burn to a lot of them. So it kind of fit in that same his directing style. It, like it just kind of fit with the way that he put this together. Now, whether or not that was actually um, good for the movie or not, um, I guess remains to be seen. Um, especially if they just knock it out of the park with the second, uh, the second part as well. He usually uh, pairs with a cinematographer, Roger Deakins, who basically, if you look at all cool movies uh, throughout, like, <laughs> like everything, Roger Deakins is usually the cinematographer, um, but he got Greg Frazier. Um, we're going to bring up Rogue One again. He was the cinematographer for Rogue One. Um, and I love the way that movie looks. It looks so much different than a lot of other Star Wars movies, I think. And then he was he also did a couple of episodes of Mandalorian and uh, the movie Zero Dark Thirty. Um, I didn't really like Zero Dark Thirty that much, but it's kind of one of those you can you can appreciate some of the way that like the movie looks rather than like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go back and watch people get tortured uh, a lot of times, you know, some subject like, matter just doesn't lend itself yeah, to rewatching. It's rewatching. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Nobody's watching Schindler's list on a weekly basis. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, so those are the things I was really excited about this. Um, and I've been let down by uh, Vinuv in the past, but I thought that this one, like at first I was like, oh no, is this another Blade Runner 2049? And I'll have to admit, I need to go back and watch that a second time just to make sure that I'm not like, I mean, every once in a while, like you're just not in the right frame of mind for a movie, right? Yeah. 
you know, you were talking about like sitting there watching it with your son, (laughs) you know, like every once in a while, something's just taking like, like you might've had a bad day at work and you just weren't in the mood for like a drama uh, or something, you know, and you just needed a comedy or something like that. So um, I think I'm going to go back after, after watching this and enjoying it so much uh, that I spent um, $20 on an IMAX ticket uh, to go, to go watch it again and was very, very happy with my purchase. Uh, So uh, that's, that's what I'll say. The action scenes directing in this is just really awesome. Like there's, 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 that's probably one of the things, like some of the pacing issues, like fall at his feet, but some of the action is just really cool and he executes it really well. Yeah. Everything looks, feels awesome as, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous that you got to see it in IMAX. That sounds really cool. Like this would have been awesome to see like in that surround immersive kind of thing. Cause everything does look really cool and comes across well. I just have story issues it gets an incomplete on some of those if i'm handing out grades it's like i don't i don't have enough to give you a grade on some of these things i I still don't know some people like uh, so i I tried not to read a whole lot about it um so that it didn't paint my 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 thought process here but a lot of what i heard from like twitter and and comments and stuff like that was that everybody was really upset with like the color palette it's just all like dim and gray and so yeah no i thought that fit right it's it's literally supposed i mean i thought that was like thematic to an extent yeah yeah when you're in um house atreides uh homeland like there's a lot of i mean it's very green it reminds you of kind of like they're on that mountaintop with like the the graves of all of the house atreides royalty that's been before them you know and uh Lido is talking to Paul and they have that like really cool conversation out there. I felt like that was like, I was like, Hey, there's some stuff, but like, as soon as you get to Dune, it's supposed to, or it's as soon as you get to um, Arrakis, like it's supposed to look like that. It's supposed to be like this desperate, desolate, like desert. Like, when look at me. I'm a, like, Dune, are you expecting <laughs> like the Amazon forest people? Come right. on now. Exactly. Um, so um, Caladan is uh, House Atreides uh, homeworld. So I managed to write that one down. So um, yeah, so, I saw some of those headlines, like some of those complaints too. And I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? That's like, Man, I watch Star Wars, but there's just too much space. I just can't deal with all this time spent out in outer space, man. What's up with that? Like the vast darkness of space. How come Aquaman has to be underwater all the time? I mean, like, there's just stupid comments like that yeah. that don't I mean, make sense. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of. There's a there's a there's a dusk portion like towards the end of the movie. Like whenever watching it at home, it was really really dark, and I had to like crank up the brightness on our TV a little bit. Uh, but at the in the movie theater, it was perfect because, of course, you're like surrounded, you're in the dark and it's like bright as I'll get out. But um, that would be the only thing that kind of like threw me off a little bit. All right, let's move on to story. It's written by uh, John Spates. Uh, he uh, wrote Doc Strange or at least um, like participated in part of writing uh, Doctor Strange, Passengers and Prometheus. One of those movies is good. The two of the others, uh, not so much. And then this is one of Denis Villeneuve's first writing credits for a big movie that he's directed. He's written a little bit on like little short movies that he's done. Um, but all the other ones that I talked about, Arrival, Sicario, Blade Runner 2049, um, he didn't write in those. 
And then Eric Roth, who is very interestingly uh, the writer for Forrest Gump, A Star is Born, and the upcoming uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which, that's going to be directed by Scorsese and uh, starring Leo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. So it just like, it's all over Quite the place. List, man. Yeah, it's yeah. very weird. And that's why I was like, wow, that's a that's kind of a interesting thing. But I think we hit a lot of the things that I wanted to talk about in the directing since they kind of like they, they were kind of married together. You try to border on not just spouting exposition in a movie like this. And so I felt like, like you said, like you wanted more, but also at the same time, you're just like, like, I don't right. want you to just talk. I don't want you to just data dump on but, me. Yeah. 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 So I, I I'm, I'm kind of one of those people, like as the older I get the, the, I'm more inclined to have you just kind of drop me into the world, but do kind of spell some of those things out enough for me that I can kind of figure out the wire really helped me out with that. I started watching the wire. I got frustrated and I stopped and then I like pulled it back out again and watched it again. And it's just like the writer's just like, I'm not going to baby you. You're just going to figure it out. Like just, just immerse yourself in this world and just keep watching and you'll eventually start picking up things, you know? is the way that he looked at it. And it's just not for everybody. I get that. But I don't know if that's what they were trying to do here. Um, But it does kind of, it it is, you, you kind of cap your audience because you just, you just need to give just a little bit more. I needed a little bit more breadcrumbs here and there to kind of help me along the way. I think that's, that's probably the most fair assessment of it. Like just a little bit more, but don't get so heavy handed in the exposition, you know? So um, I, I felt like the, uh, the narration at the beginning was, was decent, a, a decent way to kind of, to get it, get it going without it being too long. But what'd you think? I mean, I got, I got a few basics in that opening part that are like, okay, I sort of get there. There were just still some big questions that we'll get to later that I, and, and maybe I missed some things like you've seen it twice and didn't watch yeah. it with my son. Um, so maybe I missed a couple things and, but you watched it with subtitles on, right? I think so. It was really hard in the theater, like not having the subtitles. I felt like that helped me with like a good first view, but I think if I watched it in the theater, like without subtitles, I'd be like, what's going on? Like, we're just like, wait, what? And I mean, that's why the rest of my family kind of checked out as we're watching. Yeah. Like even my wife was like, yeah, I made about 10 minutes and I already didn't know what was going on. So I was out. And then just, yeah. there was nothing that like drew her back in and I, I stuck with, and it got better. It did. Yeah. Like I, I, I felt less confused and less lost as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the story was good enough that I want the rest. Right. The other movie, I want to see more. I still want to know what happens. Like, so before you feel like I'm giving this like a two out of 10 or something. No, I knew. Yeah. Um, I knew you wouldn't want to do a pod on it if you were just like, (laughs) yeah, you can do that by yourself. Go go talk by yourself for a little while. Yeah. (laughs) Talk about how much you love Denis Veneuve. (laughs) So, all right, let's move on to themes. I've got a, I've got a lot of them. Surprisingly, I was just like firing them off like you do uh, spiritual metaphors and illustrations. So I was just feeling, feeling pretty good about myself. So what, what do you got? Um, there's a lot of these, these kind of intertwined. I don't know how you want to put it. Like purpose, identity, and even destiny. Like mm, it's a big mm-hmm. thing. We won't get into that. That sounds super spoilery, obviously. Yeah. 
yeah. um, but it's there. Uh, loyalty was a big thing. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and lack of, I mean, just mm-hmm. talking about it. Yeah, I had um, betrayal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then like family and duty is is, is mm, a pretty big mm-hmm. theme, especially for certain characters and certain arcs within the, yeah. the story. So um that's all I wrote down is like themes. You had a lot too, man. You fired um, them off. Yeah. There, there, there was there was a lot. Yeah, I had prophecy, um, greed, environmentalism. The it it's like it's it's pretty Tolkien-esque, right? Yeah, it's not it's not Avatar esque. Like, don't be yeah, worried. Hey, it's, we're going that. It's far, not Dances but... with Wolves Avatar. Yeah, but it's pretty <laughs> close. Yeah, um, and then I've got one theme that I have is ships. <laughs> Good theme. It really loves ships. Like. Really loves it. It's so a, I feel like I feel like that's a good introduction to people without spoiling a whole lot. Ships, like ships. Just a lot of ships. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And that was with a P. We didn't say anything bad. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> I, I'm working on my list. Last but not least, we've been talking about it. Leads to execution. The the note that I have that I've already mentioned. Um, the music by Hans Zimmer is pretty stinking awesome. It's kind of it's got some weird parts, but it's got some really cool parts to it as well. It could uh, have some weird parts. I mean, yeah, it needs some weirdness because uh, movie gets weird sometimes. So, can I tell you that my favorite part of the score is uh, um, when they bust out the bagpipes? Like that it's was just fantastic. so weird. It's like, just so but, weird. Yeah, but fantastic. <laughs> like it's like we're in this like space, futuristic. And there's bagpipes and it worked. Oh, it, it was worked. so good. It was so when it hit in IMAX, dude. I was just oh, like I was like, oh my gosh. It's such a Han Zimmer move. Yeah. Like, like John mm-hmm. Williams is not busting out bagpipes on you. As much as we <laughs> love the Godfather, he's not doing it. Like, that's just not mm-hmm. him. If you want that kind of sound, you don't call yep. John Williams, you call Han Zimmer. We we kind of talked about it already. The first parts are the first part's rough. I think that with more watches, and, and maybe I'm just talking myself into it, with more watches, it'll be very similar to like uh, when you watch Fellowship. You know, like that, like getting it, getting the band together and kind of put, pulling all that stuff in. You're just like, okay, I know the first part's going to be a little bit slow, but about halfway through, they pull the Fellowship together and then boom, the race is on. Like we're yeah. in Moria we're off like and then we go to Amon Hen and like all these things and it ends really well and you're just I don't like oh my gosh, what's gonna happen either if it makes you feel better like I, you know, <laughs> through all the Kaza, Lord of the Rings podcast we did and yeah. Troy and Lawyer busting out names of everything and I'm like the one place with the mines and the yeah wherever they were um <laughs> well what happens is you read the books we have a map like in our like in our house Yes. And then you play Lord of the Rings Risk, you play the video games, and it just kind of like all happens. Yeah. It seems so, yeah. No, I, I definitely agree that like once there is a full picture and this is just mm. a piece mm-hmm. of the puzzle, and I understand where it fits and why it does certain things the way it does, I think there will be a greater appreciation for it. Yeah. Just like I, fellowships a perfect corollary to how I envision this could eventually feel to watch this first Dune. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what do you have for uh, Phileo podcast score? So this six. is out of, this is, oh, six. This is out of 10 and we can get six half out of stars. 10. Okay. I'm going 8.5. Okay. Yeah. This is, I, uh, I mean, I just said like, once I have a full picture, I can envision yeah. the score going up. Like there's, yeah. there's some room, like there's wiggle room. There's lots of good things, but overall there was just some, 
yeah i couldn't go higher than six all good all good um would what did what was the last one that we did Chi's oh shang chi yeah yeah so i gave 8.5 oh. to shang chi yeah yeah and i know that that was pretty uh, i've rewatched more, and i like, still love it man yeah it's really fun like we just rewatched it the other day because it's on disney plus now yeah i think the more it, I give Shang Chi or Shang Chi an eight point five because it's so fun, but there are some, there are a couple of little flaws with it. And I wanted to give Dune like maybe like eight point two five, but I'm like, no, I'm gonna round it up to eight point five. Why did we say that it's Buyers Ghost to, to Kanos? <laughs> I, that's what I have in my notes. Is that what, that's what we called this this score? Do you remember why we said that? I have no clue. <laughs> The first time we went to Tecanos, it was a it was a Lobo football game, and it like started raining, and we left. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't know why we put it on the score. I remember the first time we went to Tecanos, right. and you and Lori, and I think it was Benton, watching me eat. Like you're not <laughs> even worried about eating; you're just watching me try all the new stuff that comes okay. around. Okay, okay, gotcha. But gotcha. I don't really know how I I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That on this thing. I was gonna say I'm I. I I'm I'm gonna cut all that out of this, but uh, I just wanted to be like, why did we put that on there? We thought that that was hilarious the last time that we talked about this, but I didn't listen to the Shang Chi podcast again. I guess so. Maybe I'll have to go back and listen to that to decipher what that meant. So this is our spoiler territory. Alert! Alert! Um, if you don't want to, although I'm to not us. gonna spoil that much for you because I was just confused so yeah no but that's that's this is what i love about us talking about it because now i can convince you to get it from a six to a 6.5 that's the that's, goal that's, of this that's my goal of the podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're only you're half a point might be shooting low you might be able to give me a full point if you explain yeah. some things so okay cool all right let's uh so let's let's start with dislikes and then we'll go and then we'll end well with likes all right okay all right um who the heck are these people his mother's associated with like they, that, that whole, it felt like out of nowhere to me, mm, mm-hmm. like that he goes in to meet this woman. And then all of a sudden she's like part of the secret group that I didn't understand she was a part of. Yeah. That was secretive group. So it shouldn't be like on a billboard, but it just, I was like, wait, what, who are these people? So I'm going to say like right now that we are watching wheel of time, the witcher and like something else that borrows very heavily from this type of like scenario. So if I get them all mixed up, blame it on the amount of like high fantasy, like science fiction, all kinds of stuff that's out there right now that I'm uh, I, I'm I'm trying to work through. But it, in essence, it's like they're almost like the like women Jedi, right? They're there to help like lead these um like each house is supposed to have one of these apparently see, we don't I, ever see the barons we get that one but but it seems like that's what they're there to do is to help maintain like political um uh like stability stability like, there we go that's a great okay. word yeah so that's what i understood that that they were there to be but then one of the things that they talk about is that they're only supposed to have girls to kind of further their um yeah let's let's delve into that moment for a second yeah how the heck do they decide to have girls that was the thing that was kind of like interesting yeah interesting to me that they basically yeah that they basically said that lady jessica somehow willed it like she's powerful enough 
like in their their art or whatever that she willed it to be like i'm gonna be the one like she willed herself to be mary to like have the baby of the chosen one like seriously like that that was kind of the way i interpreted it maybe i'm like completely off but that's me skywalker is that that me there you go yeah sorry sorry yeah 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 so so that that's what i that's what i kind of gleaned from it and that she's and they talked about i I thought that was kind of interesting but they didn't build off of it enough and maybe that's what they're going to build off of in the in the next movie is you're you're a you're a man with two oh gosh what did she say uh two birthrights or something like that and so but they didn't like expand that enough and so it's like he's half so she's part of the bene bene gesserit is the name of like the sisterhood that they're in and like like you said it's kind of like they're spies and scientists and like also like like and apparently concubines that that was a weird part that, that was kind of an interesting one too like but but also in a in a very interesting way like he he was like hey i should have married you that was duke leto atreides at certain point like right before he um he gets uh, killed um like right as he's he's like hey i should have married you and i was like wait what like you guys aren't you guys aren't married right? like what's yeah. going on like isn't her name like <laughs> lady jessica atreides and then i was like okay maybe yep and it is so yeah i don't know weird more more of the things that i was looking forward to and to reading the book to see if it's um kind of kind of at the same time of like harry potter uh order of the phoenix that i always like to talk about like that's my breaking point in the harry potter series where i was like all right we're just reading the books now let's just do it like I I i need to understand this so Nah, I felt like the same way. What else you got? Okay, so I get the overall. Okay, what what are Drax and and Skarsgård? What is their house called? Their house Harkonnen. So Harkonnen has control of the planet. Yep. They get told, "No, you're leaving. We're putting someone else in charge." And then House Atreides comes in. I get why the Harkonnen want it back. Mm-hmm. Like they like making all this money. They like all the power that comes with controlling the spies. Yada yada yada. I get that yep. part. Mm-hmm. But then there's this whole like the emperor's behind it because he wants to get rid of House Atreides thing. I felt better about that the second time I, I watched it. Okay, um, and and it's it's truly a power play that that the emperor is afraid of House Atreides, and that was their way but, of like pulling them from a strength of power, like at their homeworld, and like dumping them in there and being like, oh, we gave you nothing. And we planted spies and it was basically like just like the ultimate like gotcha moment you know i get the, and and it makes sense that like they're setting them up yeah. but i'm like why like what does the emperor have against these guys like i i it, that part doesn't make sense to me right they're like i don't understand what the reason for it is like mm-hmm. when you go back and sorry to borrow from star wars like when you go back and watch the first three episodes now the prequel trilogy and like see the way palpatine manipulates and gets rid of certain things and does things like it makes sense like here's what he's trying to do and so maybe that's what's going on and maybe i just don't have the full picture yet of what this emperor person is in the world of dune if they would have just shown him just like maybe like one scene or two scenes or something something like that that would have probably been a little bit more helpful right yeah because yeah. Oscar Isaac's character, Leto doesn't come off as this like power hungry person who you mm-hmm. need to get out of the way at all. Like he yeah. seems like this 
stand-up dude who wants to like figure out how to live on this world and and coexist with uh, the people that live there and stuff to a certain degree though he does say this is the thing that i noticed on the second time through is like and you you hear it and they end with it too but but bringing it back forward again i was like oh no wonder the emperor was scared of them he was basically but why would you put them in that place anyway but i digress um he he said we have naval power and we have air power but the thing that we lack is is what we're going to find there and we're going to have a uh, desert power and so he's like like we're going to go there and like we're going to find these people and like i i believe that there's more people there than like house harkonnen like seems to believe you know so that would be like the complete um, and they probably think that the emperor probably thinks the same way too. You know, it's just like people that are under his, under his foot that he gives their, their fief uh, to them, uh, to whoever he pleases, you know? Uh, so, but at the same time, I think he probably thinks like, oh man, if he does figure this out and he becomes like uh, more powerful, like they could come after me, you know? But, that stuff just know. didn't, didn't make sense. Like, yeah. I'm like, you're like the emperor and these people all seem to do whatever you say. So why are you so worried about one of them? That Personally, like while I'm watching it, I'm like, these Harkonnen dudes seem like a bigger threat. Right. They seem like the type that would try to take over. The you should be world. doing this to them. Yeah. 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 Go, go kill Drax. Don't kill, don't, don't right. kill Poe Dameron. He's, he's just, a, <laughs> he's just trying to be a good dad and hang out on the desert um, with Aquaman. But yeah. Yeah, and then the the Sadarka, Sadarker, like the the emperor's like um, his army soldiers, yeah, yeah, his soldiers like coming in and helping them, like that was a little bit tricky the first time I watched it, and it was much more clear to the second. I mean, you you kind of get it, um, but like how they're they're being put into that made a little bit more sense the the second time through. Yeah. That was my biggest, the emperor thing. That's like my biggest yeah. problem. Like, I don't understand why they're doing this. Like, I understand, all right, you're coming to try and like kill all of House Atreides and get rid of them, but why? And so, I mean, yeah. there's there's other stuff I would like to know about. Like, I'd love to know why, um, what's Jason Momoa's character again? The great Duncan name? Idaho. I'd love to know why Paul and Duncan Idaho are bros. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's some good stories there, but I don't have yeah. to know that one. Right. right like that's they more of a, they portrayed that really well it like, is great like yeah i mean look i love getting background on like why han solo and chewbacca are bros but mm -hmm. i didn't need that to like them and enjoy them in the first movie like cool here's these two guys they have this relationship whatever yeah like i liked his character i would want to know more but mm -hmm. i didn't feel lost because i didn't like right. they explained it to me like he's all excited to see him and you know they have like a special handshake or something like yeah they had that kind of thing going on so that that part was fine, but it's mostly the emperor thing that I was just like, "What is happening?" Yeah, um, which is a big it, it's a big point of like the story and why, yeah. like why all of these things are happening. Um, I felt like a lot of the lingering shots on these huge spaceships um, <laughs> they were they were really cool, but it, it gets it gets to be like comical at a certain point. I started counting them the second time I watched it. There are eight like just like big focus like set pieces on like spaceships and and not even like them fighting. 
it's just them like yeah. coming into a port like and like somebody <laughs> hopping off of it like it's just i get it it's cool it's sci-fi it's different like you you want to kind of immerse your yourself into the and the thopters are like really cool like those are really cool what like, are they called again thopters I know what exactly what you're talking about based on the name. Yeah. I just couldn't have pulled that yeah, word out. The little look like it's dragonfly. Yeah, dragonfly. Yep. Yeah. Those are really cool. Another one of my dislikes is there's not enough Dave Batista. Like Yes, I agree. Yeah. Like he there just needed to be a little bit more of him. I mean, just kind of some shots here and there, you know. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, they seem like he's I think he's the real, like he's the bad guy in a lot of ways. Like he's the mm-hmm the action bad guy if you will yeah you know yeah. that like mm-hmm. this is the dude that's going to be in the big fight yep. when you have some truly climax this is this is darth vader like yeah this is your guy and i feel like he like would take orders and say he was gonna go do something and then like you never really see him yeah like you get you like, him in, like a that five second one... shot yeah mm-hmm. like and then it's a whole bunch of other people chasing after everybody and yeah, yeah. i could i could use more dave batista um i didn't I didn't need more Zendaya, but it felt weird because like advertising and stuff, like it kept getting plugged. Like she's in this, she's in this, she's in this. And she's yep. barely in this. Barely in it. Like yeah. barely speaks. I mean, he has mm-hmm. all the weird dreams about her. So you see her. Right. Chani. Her periodically. name is Chani. Yeah. And, and Dave Batista's Dave Batista's character is Beast Robin Harkonnen. Yes. Beast, Beast Robin Beast Robin. Beast Robin. That's awesome. <laughs> so no, not not necessarily from a movie standpoint. Like I'm not watching the movie going, I need more Zendaya. I'm watching the movie going, huh, I thought there'd be more Zendaya. Like they plugged yeah. her like she's a big deal in this. And I think she's yeah. gonna be a huge deal in the next movie. Right. But in this one, it's kind of like when they said Mark Hamill was in Force Awakens. Like, <laughs> nope, he's there for five seconds. At five the seconds. Um, yeah. It's more than that. But yeah, there wasn't a lot of her. Did you have any other dislikes? You know, I think that was most of it. It's just that huge why with the Emperor that just hung mm-hmm. over, especially the first half of the movie. Yeah. That I'm just like, wait, why are they doing this? What's going on? And I really still don't understand Spice. Yeah. To a partial extent. Like, they kept talking about it. And then, like, he has the encounter with it where they run out and the, the worm thing's mm-hmm. about to eat the carrier and they save the guys and he's tripping out because he's got spice but mm-hmm. they never like i always felt like i was waiting for more explanation and seeing more of it like production yeah. or something and it just kind of never came yeah they just kind of hand wave it away like hey it's the most important thing on the on the face of the planet because it it uh, allows for interdimensional travel you know yeah. that's all you need to know and it's like okay but why is it important to the uh, <laughs> to the Fremen? Like, uh, other than the fact that it like it's a psychotic or it's a it's kind of a it has like a hallucinogenic effects, you know, hallucinogenic effects. Wow, I don't know. Anyway, speaking of hallucinogenic effects, <laughs> Troy oh. can't talk. All right. Uh, yeah, that was one of the things. I mean, a minor thing was just a little bit more on that and why it was so important um, to to the Fremen that they that they would they would be willing to like fight like in a, a war that it's obvious that they do not have the manpower or the firepower to win. Like that opening scene, they're in the they're in the sand, they're waiting, they're like taking dudes out, and then all of a sudden they're 
their spice machine. It just has like 50 million rockets on the top of it. It's just like boom, 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 boom yeah. in the toast, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Severely outgunned. Let's go into the likes. I felt I felt like from the moment that House Atreides arrives on Arrakis until the end of the movie is a really cool movie. <laughs> yeah, that's probably where it starts getting a little better. We're like, okay, yeah. you're here. I mean, I still have questions along the way, but I understand like, yeah. all right, they're trying to kill you and get rid of you. I don't know why, but yeah. I at least know right. what they're trying to do. Yeah. So I can follow that much of it. Yeah. Um, it does. And it gets, it's, there's some nice twists. There's some nice turns. It is, mm-hmm. it is pretty exciting through most of that. Yeah. The, the kind of the generic, like Dr. Chen uh, being the person that, um, that turns on them because they, they have his wife. Um, and then of course they kill him first thing. I was just well, like, his yeah, wife's dead too. So he's going to join her. Yeah. So like, I mean, you didn't see that coming, bro. Come no, on. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, it is pretty, pretty standard bad guy stuff. And I mean, it is very human you know um but so i won't necessarily fault somebody uh, for that or or that to be like a like a bad writing um uh situation but it did feel kind of um very quick you know that like here we are and we're we're we've got atreides our leto atreides and he's like just as soon as you start to figure a little bit of something out and you're getting a little characterization with him it's just like boom he's gone you know so that's a that's a like but kind of has a little bit of a dislike thrown in there the whole like poison gas out of the fake tooth thing was kind of fun too yeah that was pretty awesome and then he's just waiting to bite down and the anticipation of that yeah Yeah. that i mean that's what like vinuv like really does well with there's like a scene in sicario that i talked about in our our best scores like he has that ability to kind of just draw out a scene to the point where you're just like sitting there, like waiting and just like looking at the tooth, like, is he going to bite it? Is he going to bite it now? Is he going to do it now? You know, like those types of things. So it's really cool. What else did you have? I mean, just visually overall mm, movie, mm-hmm. it's, it's stunning. beautiful. Right? It's, yeah. it's, it's just, it looks so cool like just so many different things the sandworms out there oh, yeah. flying over the sand mm-hmm. as someone who lives in the desert and wonders right. why people like the desert like that mm-hmm. don't live here like ooh, the desert's so beautiful i'm like no I'm not it's boring <laughs> um but like it looked really cool they, they do love their ships and their vehicles like all that stuff looks cool but it the looks effects, cool right yeah are done so well everything just looks mm-hmm. smooth like it it looks legit and there's yeah. no there were no moments where you're like, well, that just looked super cheesy. Like everything yeah. looked good and they did such a good job making I just, I didn't know anything about Dune. Like we talked about that. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I've heard of that. That was like from when we were kids. Other, right? Yeah. Other than you've just, you, you've heard that it's like a, like a thing in yeah. like science fiction. Yeah. Yep. But watching even just the trailers for it, you're like, mm-hmm. this movie looks cool. Like, yeah, it just looks like there's some really incredible stuff that happens. It's got that. And they did a good job building that up, like this like epic feel to it going in. And for yeah. the most part, it delivers decently well, except yeah. for, you know, I was confused for the first hour going, huh? But once what you get you... past the huh and just, just yeah. get in, then it was good. What did you think about the shields? I think that was the one of the biggest thing, like in the 84 version that kind of made it like super cheesy. But I felt that like they did it like 10 times better in this one. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they just can at this point. Yeah. Now. No, those, those seem pretty cool. That was the thing that just wrapped around their body, right? They're yeah. Like, they just they kind of let it hit it. Yeah. It, it looked very video game-ish in some yeah. ways, but it yep. was kind of cool. Like, I mean, yeah. like I liked that, like I can understand what, like where he's hitting it and it starts turning mm-hmm. red. Cause he's like getting through it and stuff yep. like that. So I thought that, that it, was cool. I liked that. It wasn't, it didn't completely save them. Like, yeah, it was mm-hmm. protection and it could do some, but it like wasn't totally foolproof. Like you could still get through it. Like it wasn't, it didn't make you indestructible. It's like, oh, I hit this button and now you can't touch me. And so like, we didn't have to have some weird way of disarming it. Like, no, you can just brute force your way through this if you mm-hmm. go at it long enough and do enough and things like that. So it seemed more realistic in that way. Like it wasn't this, oh, I have this tech that makes me unstoppable. You can't, yeah, that, that gets boring. And, and it created some interesting action scenes. I mean, there's still a little bit of it to it, but like you're thinking what they're thinking, like in the middle of it, instead of just like somebody just slicing somebody up, like, oh, I win each time. And they even talk about that early on with Gurney and, and Paul was that, oh, he finally, he figured out a way to get through it. But then ultimately he's opened himself up to um, a death blow as well. So yeah. like just kind of, kind of throwing a little bit of psychological thought process into like just this crazy fight that you're just like, Oh, cool. But you're also thinking like, Oh, what does he have to do to make sure that he's like slows down enough to get through the shield and things like that. So I thought that was kind of a, a cool little um, wrinkle on just kind of sometimes mindless like action scenes that are just kind of like dudes cutting up other dudes. So. Yeah, no, there's there's very few things that you would ever consider mindless. Like this is a very well thought out mm-hmm. movie. Like all these little details and so many of those things. Um the details, they were very Yeah. It's a very detailed movie. Um yep. which made it all the more frustrating when I didn't understand. <laughs> like you give me all these details and I don't understand this huge, huge thing. Yeah. Um uh what do you think of the voice? I thought it was cool. I thought it was weird. <laughs> Like, I still, like, especially when she uses it, like, uh, in the Thopter, like, as they're, as, like, escaping. Yeah. Like, and, like, like I was, like, why do they have her gagged? And then she's just, like, signing to him. I thought it was really cool. Like, everything is just so visual. Like, the the, the fact that they knew multiple languages and, and could sign to each other and things like that. Like, it was just so many different ways of, like, seeing the world through their eyes and, like, how, I don't know, you think of, like, a, like, royalty, they're always, like, going to boarding schools and stuff like that, and because they're supposed to have a real, a well-rounded education so that they can lead in the right way, but she's doing that from, like, her um, uh, spine nun sisterhood, um, Bene Gesserit. Did I get it right? That sounded right. I like Spy Nun Sisterhood myself. (laughs) That's that's what it's called from now on. Spy Nun Sisterhood. Bene Gesserit. Hey, I did it right. Okay. Like she's teaching him all of the things that she knows from her side. And and, and it kind of speaks to that birthright. Like you have these two things that you're supposed to be royalty and you're supposed to lead. You're supposed to do it well. But you also have all of these things that are going to make you more powerful then like your royalty probably will you know like think of a like somebody that like is and that's probably one of the other reasons why they were worried about them too is like oh 
they probably they have that freak son that's like born of the of the spy sister nun so uh, he's like the king and the high priest at the same time yeah, like exactly. that's a big deal yeah like, yeah like that's yeah. oh 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 I think we might be I able to, the to use that. Hebrews in yeah. Hebrews. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm done. Drop the mic. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> but it just so, went up to a 6.5 just on. There you go. Boom. Done. There you go. Done. done. Did it. Did it. Did it. Okay. All right. Um, the the other thing that I love uh, was the sandworm surfing, like at the end. Like that was just such a cool, like. Like, and then he looks over at his mom or at, at uh, Lady Jessica. It's his mom, duh. Yeah, yeah it is his mom. Um, and says, it's not oh, his dad's wife, but it is. Right. <laughs> uh, and says, uh, desert power. Um, and you kind of get that like perfect, like that's the last line. And like they, they're walking into the, into the desert, into one of the sieges and to kind of. Uh, start that second chapter it's a it was a pretty cool thing i really love that scene with the sandworm where it's like just a, like seemingly about to eat him and like you can't tell if it knows that like he's the oh man see i'm gonna i'm gonna the forget his chosen one name or his messianic name uh that they always keep saying like they keep chanting it and talking yeah. about it i don't um, know what it is either um, but you you kind of think about that and then they they kind of hand, hand wave it away thing that uh attracts them away like the the guy oh, that he yeah. fights jimis like says like hey no like that sandworm didn't eat him because he's the chosen one it 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 was trying to figure out where my thumper or something like that yeah, thumper. was going was going over here in the other area that's why that sandworm didn't eat him so you can even tell that they're talking to each other like in that little moment as to whether or not he's the chosen one because the sandworm just like looks over the top of him and is just like oh whereas everything else is just boom they're eaten in two yeah. seconds not thinking twice about it so i don't know i just thought it was a cool a cool uh, a cool shot and a cool thought process uh, um, with that whole um is he the chosen one anything else that you had in there you know the the ending they did a good job make me want to watch more yeah, like as confused as I was, as lost as I was, part of it, it started making more sense, and then mm -hmm. it gets to that end where he's going with what are they called? The Fremen. The Fremen. Yep. And uh, and Stilgar. Like, yeah, I want to know more. Like, I want to see what's going to happen. Um, yeah. I'm like bummed that we're going to have to wait like two years, right? It's like 2024, 2023, Ooh, 2023 before this yeah. movie comes out, and yeah. I'm like, ugh. I'm gonna have to watch Dune and figure it out all over again. And I didn't figure it all out the first time. Uh, a lot of the desert stuff was cool too. Like explaining the way that they survive and some of the tech stuff, like the yeah. weird it's, it's gross, but it was cool. Like the whole, yeah. like this suit that like sucks all that, like takes your sweat and everything and turns it mm -hmm. into drinkable water. So you don't die. And right. Like it was kind of interesting. It was a little more Star Trek nerdy than Star Wars shoot them up, but yeah. That's yep. okay. I, I pra like some practical, practical yeah. rather than, uh, yeah, just it looks cool. Hey, this looks cool. It, this looks its cool. purpose. It's just to look cool. Yeah. To look cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, October 20 of 2023 for Dune Part Two, by the way. You're right. Yep. I'll be excited when that gets here. I won't be sitting around on the edge of my seat waiting for waiting it. Waiting for it. You'll just it be gets like, here when oh, it gets here. And like, Dune's oh, cool. Here. Yeah. Maybe I'll understand some more stuff. Maybe Zendaya will say more than five words um she said more than five words but it took her a really long barely, time to do so yeah 
that didn't help me either probably through the whole first time where i'm just like when is he gonna finally meet this chick like he's been having all these weird dreams when are they gonna meet when are they gonna meet when are they yeah. gonna meet that was one of the one of my likes that i can't believe i almost skipped over was i i really liked how paul's dreams didn't always come true in the way that you're led to believe by the way that he shot it like you think oh oh he's gonna go and and Jemis is gonna be like the guy that leads him into like the desert shows him their ways and stuff like that and then it's like oh he showed him their ways because he fought him to the death like (laughs) so yeah I I thought that that was cool Lori wasn't big on that like she was like that's dumb why are you showing a are you showing a dream that doesn't come true in the same way i was like i thought that's kind of cool you're turning it on its head yeah, you know it's a nice, yeah it's a nice twist it was yeah not that i needed too many twists i was already confused enough i needed you to just <laughs> tell me things no that, I, yeah. yeah no i'm with you i think it would have been kind of boring if like you just saw it and then it happened yeah i think so too so yeah no it was way cooler that way um i like jason momoa's death yeah that fight scene was just really cool. It was cool. It's it's this very, you know, the heroic, like, I'm going to sacrifice myself because mm-hmm. you're more important. Especially when he gives him the, like, their, their like, House Atreides salute thing. Ah, yeah. oh, that was and cool. just closes the door and goes yeah. to town on those guys. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. I, I mean, I it's, found... it's sad because that means we won't get more Jason Momoa in the second movie. Very true. One of my favorite parts, but right. it's okay. It's all right. I'm always it down was... for a good death. Yeah. It was uh, it was telling that um, you don't see Gurney die. Uh, Brolin's character, he just kind of goes like, "All right, we're I'm I'm leading all these men into battle," like and like they didn't even like have like their armor on or anything. They just kind of bombed them in the like, middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, and woke, up. woke up and he's like, he's got his sword and he's going out there trying to fight these dudes in like their their carriers and stuff it's seemingly like they bomb the mess out of the place and like all oh, those dudes are pretty much dead um but i thought that it was kind of interesting that like you see like everybody else that's supposed to, that does die like you see them die you know you see uh, keys die you see like duncan idaho die you see oscar isaac Lido die um and duncan but like you don't see and you almost see uh the baron die um and then i love the bakta the uh, tar bakta tank (laughs) i knew that would get you sorry uh but i'm sure that lucas bit that one like right off like this being after um oh yeah uh, like after 65 so yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of influence you can see like where things i've correlated. never heard that though like i never I, had and then like i'm looking it up and i'm like oh so it says like lucas has said that it was an influence apparently it was okay but i've just never heard any like all this stuff that i've watched millions of behind the scenes stuff he always talks about kurosawa and yes. samurai films and so like i've always i've always caught that i mean one, i think but... it's more like small details i mean like mm-hmm. jedi mind tricks and the voice yeah very similar, very similar you yeah. know stuff like that i think it's more of those little things and not necessarily the like the overarching things yeah. arching thing through my story well, but but like the political stuff i mean you can kind of see some of that influence where it it kind of gets in later right like you said four five and six yeah. you're not really but like one two and three it wow. really takes a a front seat and yeah and that's where a lot of people are kind of like ugh this isn't my star wars you know and and i think probably some of them are like oh that's more 
like that's more star trek that's more dune that's more like those types of um you just gotta watch um, clone wars and then you'll love the first three movies way more yeah um ender's game has a little bit more of that too like that's a pretty beloved sci-fi series that like really gets into some like political and religious um uh, type things so that's all that's about all i had do you have anything else no that was all of my comprehensive notes from watching it once a month ago (laughs) (laughs) i think he did pretty good um but i mean i i enjoyed it i'm looking forward to it and that and that's the that's the thing it's like some of these marvel movies even though we don't know them you kind of know what you expect going into a marvel movie like yeah what's the they've been they've probably they've been alluded to or set up in some way shang chi is probably the exception to that um more than a lot of these other ones but you're going to get like kind of a little bit of a character that's going to be important later on those types of things but uh i was uh, I was very impressed with this and look forward to uh, the second part of it and, and seeing how it turns out. So, so if you have, uh, if you've seen Dune and you had any thoughts on it, um, go ahead and uh, when we post this, uh, let us know what you think. Um, some outstanding questions or maybe uh, you want to school us in the ways of Dune. That would be pretty cool without Please. spoilers, of course. We could need uh, some schooling. Yeah. So um, I could anyway. <laughs> Facebook page is the Phileo Podcast. Um, Instagram is Phileo Podcast, all one word, all lowercase. Uh, or you could email us uh, at uh, phileopodcast at gmail.com. So, all right, buyers, thanks for bearing with me on this and being a good sport. <laughs> Great job. Good brownies. Good brownies. <laughs>